Hey, Cross Point, we hope you had a great Christmas. We just want to take a minute to thank you for your generous giving in 2016. Together, we were able to dig seven wells in Burkina Faso. We created sustainable gardens, and we handed out medical supplies to the people of Alegria, Bolivia. Not only that, we invested $2,000 so our Nicaragua student mission team could build a Sunday school classroom onto an existing church. Locally, we partnered with Family Promise, and we helped find permanent housing and jobs for 17 homeless families. We invested in over 100 community and church leaders by hosting a Global Leadership Summit. And not only that, we served over 2,000 people through Blessed Weekend and Hope for Christmas. These are just a few of the things that God has done through the people of Cross Point. And I need to make sure you know, none of this would have happened apart from your generosity. You know, we are already anticipating and excited to see what God is gonna do in 2017 through Cross Point in our community and in the world. If you'd like to invest in the work that God is doing through Cross Point, you can do that by going to crosspointcity.com forward slash give. We believe the best is yet to come. Now here's our message from Pastor James. Well, hey, Cross Point, thanks for taking time to join me today from the comfort of your living room or wherever you're watching this from. Hope you had a great Christmas, and let me be one of the first to wish you a happy new year. Well, earlier this morning, I was going over my notes for the message I prepared to share today, and as I was going over it, I just had this overwhelming feeling that I was supposed to share on something completely different. And so I started praying and asking God what I needed to do, and this doesn't happen for me very often, but I really sense God telling me that I needed to go in a completely different direction than originally planned. So that's what I'm going to do, and I'm going to trust it's for a good reason, and uh, we're going to spend some time talking today about the goodness of God, and more specifically, uh, how to measure the goodness of God correctly. You see, the mistake that I see so many people making in our world today when it comes to God's goodness is this. They attempt to measure it by looking around. They look around at our broken world, uh, around at all that's going on in their own lives, and after looking around, they come to the conclusion that because of all they see wrong, that God just can't be good. And as a result, they walk away from God, and they start assuming that he lacks compassion and he lacks care for people like them, and maybe that's where you find yourself today. And if so, I need you to know that looking around is a huge mistake. If you want to measure God's goodness correctly, you have to stop looking around and you have to start looking back, looking down, and looking forward. I've taught on these concepts before, so it might sound familiar to some of you, uh, but if you've forgotten or if you're new to this conversation, I'll explain. All right, first, uh, if you want to measure God's goodness correctly, you have to start by looking back to the ultimate proof of his goodness which is the cross of Jesus Christ. Just listen to the language that Scripture uses in describing the cross. John 3, 16 through 17. For God so loved the world that he gave his only Son, that whoever believes in him should not perish but have eternal life. For God did not send his Son into the world to condemn the world, but in order that the world might be saved through him. Isaiah 53, 5 through 6, but he was pierced for our transgressions. He was crushed for our iniquities. Upon him was the chastisement that brought us peace, and with his wounds we are healed. All we like sheep have gone astray. We've turned everyone to his own way, and the Lord has laid on him the iniquity of us all. And then I love Romans 5, 6 through 8, for while we were still weak, at just the right time Christ died for the ungodly. 
For one will scarcely die for a righteous person, though perhaps for a good person one would even dare to die. But God shows his love for us in this, that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. Listen, all these verses remind us of one big truth, that we can't ever judge the goodness of God by life circumstances, but instead we have to always judge his goodness by the cross of Jesus Christ. As we just read, it was the cross that was God's demonstration to us of just how good and loving he truly is. When he had every right to completely give up on us, he pursued us. He could have written us off and and left us to suffer alone in this broken world, yet he came to this broken world as one of us, and he suffered in our place for our sins. I mean, when you and I were deserving of hell, Jesus went to the cross and suffered hell in our place so that we'd never have to know what it was like. The cross is our constant reminder that God is good no matter how bad life may be. And so I want to encourage you each and every day, especially in this coming year, I want to remind you and encourage you, keep your eyes on the cross, especially in those moments when life goes bad. And if you do that, I guarantee you, you'll have a very hard time forgetting God's goodness. Now, secondly, after looking back, you need to look down. And by looking down, what I mean is this. You bury your nose in the pages of this book and you remind yourself of what's true about the character of God. You see, this book that I hold in my hand, it's God's word. It's his revelation of himself to us. And I want us to listen from this book uh, about what God says about his own goodness. Check this out. Psalm 106.1. Praise the Lord. Oh, give thanks to the Lord for he is good for his steadfast uh, steadfast love endures forever. Psalm 135.3. Praise the Lord, for the Lord is good. Sing to his name. It is pleasant. Psalm 34, 18 uh, and, and 19, and also verse 8. Oh, taste and see that the Lord is good. Blessed is the man who takes refuge in him. The Lord is near to the brokenhearted, and he saves the crushed in spirit. Many are the afflictions of the righteous, but the Lord delivers him out of them all. Psalm 145, 9. The Lord is good to all, and his mercies over all that he's made. Psalm 100, verse 5. For the Lord is good, his steadfast love endures forever, and his faithfulness to all generations. I love this, Psalm 103, 2 through 8. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all his benefits, who forgives all your iniquity, who heals all your diseases, who redeems your life from the pit, who crowns you with steadfast love and mercy, who satisfies you with good so that your youth is renewed like the eagles. The Lord works righteousness and justice for all who are oppressed. The Lord is merciful and gracious, slow to anger, and abounding in steadfast love. I'll give you a few more. Psalm 8411. For the Lord God is a sun and a shield. He bestows favor and honor. No good thing does he withhold from those who walk uprightly. Lamentations 325. The Lord is good to those who wait for him, to the soul who seeks him. And finally, Nahum 1.7. The Lord is good, a stronghold in the day of trouble. He knows those who take refuge in him. Look, I hope you're getting the idea. I could keep reading verses all day long, but again, you're smart people, so I'm sure you get the point. According to what God tells us about himself in this book, he is good. He's good. And since God's not a liar, we can trust that he's telling us the truth. And so I want to strongly encourage you, especially if you've never done this before, in the coming year, make it a point to spend time, regular time, reading this book. But I don't want you to do it out of some sense of duty or obligation. 
Like, don't read the Bible just to mark off, I read the Bible on my religious checklist, right? That's not why we read the Bible. Instead, read this book so that God can speak to you on a regular basis about who he is and who he's promised to be for you. And again, I promise, if you'll do that, I guarantee it, it will become impossible for you to argue the goodness of God. And then finally, finally, after looking back, after looking down, look forward. Look forward to what God has waiting for you in eternity. In Romans 8.18, the Apostle Paul tells us that the sufferings of this present world aren't worth comparing to what waits on us in the life to come. And then John, one of Jesus' disciples, he goes on in Revelation 21 to give us a very detailed picture of what waits on us in the life to come. Listen to this, Revelation 21, verses uh, 1 through 4. Then I saw a new heaven and a new earth. For the first heaven and the first earth had passed away, and the sea was no more. And I saw the holy city, New Jerusalem, coming down out of heaven, prepared as a bride adorned for her husband. And I heard a loud voice from the throne saying, Behold, the dwelling place of God is with man. He will dwell with them. They will be his people, and God himself will be with them as their God. He will wipe away every tear from their eyes, and death shall be no more. Neither shall there be mourning, nor crying, nor pain anymore, for the former things have passed away. I don't know about you, but it amazes me to think that at one day, because I know Jesus as my Savior, that I will go on to live in a place with, with our good God in which all the things I hate about this world will be no more. Suffering, injustice, poverty, death, disease, like in God's eternal kingdom, those things are non-existent. We'll experience life in that kingdom in the way God designed it to be all the way back in the beginning of the Bible in Genesis chapter 1. And again, I truly believe when you remember that, when you look forward to what waits on you, it becomes really hard to argue the goodness of God because you start to understand and realize that his desire is to save you out of the suffering and out of the brokenness in this world so that you can live in a place with him, uh, a perfect place, in spite of the fact that you've done absolutely nothing to deserve it. Now, on a really practical level, let me tell you why this conversation matters so much, all right? One of the big reasons it's so important for us to learn to measure God's goodness correctly is so that we as his people can correctly mirror his goodness to the world. Let me just say that again. One of the reasons it's so important for us to learn to measure the goodness of God correctly is so that we can correctly mirror his goodness to the world. It's the reason you and I are here. You see, we have to understand that we as the church people of God, we are plan A. There is no plan B, which means that either we mirror his goodness, his grace, his kindness, his generosity, or, or else those people in our world who desperately need the help and hope that only he can offer might spend their entire lives never seeing or understanding the truth that God is good. And just in case you don't believe me, the proof of what I'm telling you, it's found all throughout this book. Did you know that over 560 times in the scriptures, God tells us as his people to care for those in need, to stand up for the weak and the powerless, to speak on behalf of those who have no voice, to offer help and hope to broken, hurting people? I mean, think about it. 560 plus times, God tells us, hey, do something about the brokenness in this world so that no one is left wondering if I'm good or if I care about what it is they're facing or going through. You see, the question that really matters is this, will we walk in obedience? 
Will we be a people so captivated by his goodness that our only response is to put that goodness on display through the way we live, love, and serve? I truly believe that today more than ever before, this world in which we live needs to see God's goodness because without an awareness of his goodness, nothing changes. But here's the reality. The only way they're going to see that goodness is through us. So I, I want to pray together right now, and I'll ask that you join me from wherever, wherever it is you're watching, and let's pray together and ask God to help us in putting his goodness on display to this world who so desperately needs to experience it. Pray with me. Father, we love you, and we are so grateful, God, that uh, today we can know that you're good. We can trust that you're good. We see it in the cross of Jesus Christ. We see it in the pages of, of the scriptures um, God, we see it as we think forward to what waits on us in eternity. And God, I pray that, that what we see in this world, the brokenness, the, the turmoil, the disarray, would never distract us or, or call into question for us just how good and loving you truly are. And God, I pray that that, that awareness would lead us to become those people uh, each and every day who, through the way we live, love, and serve others, God, um, that we would truly reflect who it is that you are how much you love, God, the compassion that, that characterizes every aspect of your being. And God, I just pray that, that the people in our lives, in our community, all around the world that we come in contact with in the coming year, through the ministry that takes place here at Cross Point, um, God, would see in us your goodness. And I pray, God, that, that your goodness and your kindness and your love would lead people to repentance. Uh, God, that this year would be a, a year just full of life change. But God, may it start with us. Today, I pray that, that you would just captivate our hearts all over again, just reminding us of how good you are and how deeply we're loved. So Lord, we love you. And, uh, and God, again, we are so grateful for the way you love us and for the fact that you put it on display in your son, Jesus, so that we'd never have to question it. God, we pray all this in your name. Amen. Hey, thanks for taking time to watch today. I hope that something you've heard has encouraged you in some way. Uh, I would also encourage you just to spend some time right now reflecting upon, praying through, or discussing with those people that you watched with some of what you took away from this. Uh, I mean, think about right now, well, where do you kind of struggle the most? Do you struggle most in looking back, in looking down, in looking forward? Uh, is it hard for you to measure the goodness of God correctly? And then also think about this, are you correctly mirroring the goodness of God to others? Uh, and what steps can you take in the coming weeks and coming months to do that in a way that truly reflects the character of God? So take some time right now, uh, talk about that, pray through that, reflect upon it. Love you guys, and I'm looking forward to seeing you next Sunday, January the 8th, as we start our new series on the book of Mark.